And as you do, I want to um, read a verse here in a second, but I want to uh, welcome, again, anybody else that's visiting. I want to say hi to my friend Mike that's back here. Mike, if you'd raise your hand. Amen. It's good to have you this morning. He's uh, Brian's brother. Brian's been coming for a couple months. Their mother is here again. It's good to see them again. Amen. See her again. Uh, Mike is, is in college. He plays basketball in college, and uh, he's fixing to go to a new college um, this week, as a matter of fact. So if you would lift up Mike, he's going to a new one. Amen. And he's going to be uh, going to the Division II National Champions. Amen. So he's going to play on the Division II National Championship team. So... We're going to pray for him and get to the NBA, amen, and he's going to remember me, and then we're going to get a ticket to go watch him play wherever he plays, amen. <laughs> but he's a great, great guy, and I want you guys to lift him up, and so is Brian. Brian's had opportunities to play overseas as well, so be lifting them up for everything that they're doing, and we've got a lot of people who have vision in here this morning, amen. I see a beautiful, gorgeous young lady over here to my right sitting by my cousin, who is my mammal, amen, if you'd give her a big hand this morning, amen. Love you, mammal. It's good to have you here this morning. Amen. It's good to see all of you. Look at the person next to you and say, you look better in church than you look anywhere else. Amen. That's not a lie. Praise God. Before I get into Mark 16, sometimes when we have testimonies, I know that there's emotions, and I know when you get up in front of people, people aren't used to doing what I do, and which is get up here and talk in front of people. So you get real nervous. You get scared. I know Susan was emotional. But I got to add something to that that she didn't say that was amazing. When she went down with her mother and her family to see her dad, they had told him, I want you to understand this, they had told him not only that he had cancer, but they gave him three months to live. Now, I don't know about you this morning. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what you believe. I don't know what your background is. But I want to tell you that in this church, we believe what the Bible says and that God is a healer. And today in 2013, Jesus still saves, delivers, and heals. Amen. That, that, that does not happen, church. You don't tell somebody they have three months to live and by coincidence, Cancer disappears. Amen, Miss Phoebe. Can I use you again? Raise your hand right there. Dead woman walking right there. That lady right there in the fifth row, Miss Phoebe, last year was dead. Y'all saying, how is she here? Because she was dead, and Jesus raised her up from the dead. They, they called the family and said, we're going to pull the plug. Get your funeral arrangements. Her husband's right there next to her. Amen. Remember the hospital? Remember going to the rehab? Then they said she wouldn't walk. Stand up, Miss Phoebe, and just walk a few feet so they can see you, that they're walking just fine. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, church, we serve a God that heals, saves, and delivers. And we're not here just doing social club. Amen? We're preaching a gospel in this Bible that is alive. And I don't want to play dead church. I don't want to play church. I want to be in a place where the life of God is and where somebody comes in with a, mir a need and they get a miracle. 
And I want to tell you this morning, if you're here, that if you came in bound, you are going to leave this morning in Jesus' name, delivered from your bondage. Amen. If you came into this place oppressed, you're going to leave delivered in this place this morning. Amen. It's not by might and it's not by power, but the Bible says it's by my spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. And the Spirit of God is in this place. I love the fact that in here this morning we have many new people, many people visiting, many people who don't know the Bible. I told you to open up to Mark 16, and you're like, who's Mark? I like that, amen? I like preaching to people who don't know the Bible. Those are called new converts, amen? And you're going to give your life to Jesus this morning. You didn't know it, but you're going to give your life to Jesus this morning. If you're here and you don't know him, He's going to present himself to you before this service is over, and you're going to have a new life. But look what Mark 16 says. I want to show you a few verses. The Lord has changed my message a few times this morning already, and then he changed it again before I got up here. So I'm just going to go ahead and follow what he's telling me. Amen. How many want to hear right from God's mouth this morning? Amen. Not what I've got planned or what I've got going on, but I don't like it when he does that to me, but the results are usually pretty good. I like to have a some notes and some things to go off of, and, and even the message I was going to preach wasn't any notes. I don't have any notes this morning for that, so now I've got less notes. So pray for me, amen. But Mark 16 says, we read this on Wednesday, it says, go, verse 15, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know what the gospel is? It means good news. The gospel means good news. That means that whatever, listen to me, whatever the doctor has told you that is bad news is the good news is the bad news is wrong. I know that's a little bit of a tongue twister, but the good news is the bad news is wrong this morning. If the doctors told you you're ADD or OPP or CAA or whatever you are, amen, that's a lie from the devil. You are not that this morning. I'm going to show you who you are this morning in Jesus Christ, amen. If, if you've been given some, some bad news by a family member, if you've been having depression, whatever it is, I want to tell you that the gospel is good news that whatever you're living in is going to change, God has the power to change your life this morning. And Jesus was here, and how many believe in Jesus this morning? Amen. Do I have any believers in Jesus Christ? We're not talking about just God. We're talking about Jesus, the Son of the living God. Amen. God who came down from heaven, lived on this earth a perfect life, then went to the cross for me and you. Amen. He went and died on that cross, gave his life for us. You know, a lot of times we come to church and we know a lot of churches have a cross outside and there, there's a religiousness to us that we can have. And we go, oh, okay, the cross and Jesus, and that sounds good. But I believe some people in here this morning need a revelation of who Jesus really is. Not just a name or a word or a religious thing or something you heard about growing up. I believe before you leave this morning, you're going to encounter the Jesus Christ that I encountered 20 years ago this October, sorry, 21, that absolutely turned my life upside down. And that Jesus left the earth to go up to heaven that was 2,000 years ago, and some people say, well, man, it's been 2,000 years. He's not coming back. That was, that, was, that was not true. Or Where is he at? The Bible says a day is like 1,000 years to God, and 1,000 years is like a day. How many know two days isn't too long? Amen? He hasn't been gone that long. How many know this year is flying? Are you surprised that we're almost at the middle of August already? How many, how many remember when it was 2,000? 
Amen? It's fast. Time is flying quickly. And Jesus' return is quick, and it's now, and it's any day. But we've got to preach the gospel. We need you to know this morning in this place, there's two people. There's two types of people here right now. One, that those that need to hear the gospel. Those that need to hear the good news. Those that need to hear that there's salvation in Jesus' name. That there's forgiveness for your sins. And the other person that's here, two types of people, is the one who needs to go and tell somebody else that they have received Jesus and share their faith with somebody else. Amen? Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to all creatures. And he said, he who believes and is baptized, verse 16, will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then he says, these signs will follow. What we heard this morning is a sign. It says, these signs will follow. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick And look what the Bible says, they will recover. Amen. How many still believe that that is God's word and God cannot lie? Now go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Actually, yes, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to read to you what I feel that the Holy Spirit wants you to hear this morning. As you're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to read another verse for time, and I want to take you to a verse that says this. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, sorry, 6.20. As you're going to 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to have your, you read that in a second and look at that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tells me something that happened to me 21 years ago in October. That I was a person who was walking down a path that I wanted to walk down. That I was living in disobedience. That I was on a path to destruction, the Bible says, that I was lost. Romans 3.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 says that that, 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 uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? Romans 10 says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And I, and I know this might sound to some people in here this morning uh, a kind of a, a, a basic message of salvation, but I believe some people in here need to hear a basic message of salvation this morning. I believe some people in here need to know that God can change you right now, right where you're at, and right in the situation you're living in. And I want you to know that the God that I'm talking about is a God who loves you more than you could ever love yourself. He loves you more than any person in your life could ever love you. Amen? And he loves you in a way that you can't even understand, and he gave his life for you so that you could stand one day before God and stand in his presence and him say the words, I died for that person. And the thing I learned 21 years ago was when I gave my life to Jesus, I was sitting in a service just like you except I was maybe a little more rebellious than you. I don't believe anybody in here right now is in a spirit of rebellion. If you are, you know you are. Amen. But I was here at the church, not this one, but I was at church not because I wanted to be there, but because I was on drugs. I was being drugged to church by my parents. Amen. 
I was living at home. I was playing basketball in college just like Mike and Brian. And, and I was going to church because I lived under the roof of my parents and I respected them. And on a Tuesday night on October 4th of 1992, I got out of practice and I went to church and I took as much time as I could. I was on the slow roll, if you know what I'm saying. I drove a little slower than normal, leaned back a little more than normal, turned the music up a little louder than normal, and took my time getting to church, looking at the watch and making sure I didn't get there too quick. I knew what time I could get there to show up, be noticed by my parents, Still have a place to stay, but not be too convicted. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here like that this morning. And man, when I went into that place, place was packed. Preaching was going on. Amens were happening. Clappings was happening. I sat in the back like some of these people here today for room. Thank God. And I sat down. I had my sunglasses on. I knew you weren't supposed to wear them in church, but I, I wanted to just be a little bit rebellious and be cool. So I sat back in the back with my arms crossed, looking at the watch. If you see, if you got your arms crossed right, you can look at your watch while you're listening. And I was listening and waiting for that service to be over. And many of you know my testimony. The Spirit of God began to speak to me. And I want to tell you this morning that as a church, we're not here to condemn you. We're not here to put damnation in your life. We're not here to point out your sins. We're not here to make you feel bad. But I'm going to tell you what we are here to do. We're here to preach the gospel. And we're going to preach the gospel just as it is. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to change it. We're not going to accommodate you. We're not going to fluff up the pillow below you. Amen. We're not going to put a pad on the, below the cross on your shoulders. We're going to tell you what the Bible says as is. And then the Holy Spirit of God is going to speak to your life this morning. He's going to tell you where you're at with him. And I'm listening to that message, and I thank God. I've said this before, but I'm feeling the Lord telling me to say this this morning. I feel, thank God that that night there was not a message being preached on anything else than what was being preached on. Because how many know this morning, right now, wherever you're sitting and wherever you are in your walk, wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in your relationships, God knows you right now. Jeremiah chapter 1 says that before you were even formed in your stomach of your mother, God knew you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what you did last week. He knows what you're going to do when you get out of church. He knows what you're going to do on Thursday. He knows everything about you. I mean, I'm making little people squirm right there. Amen. God knows everything about you. But his purpose and his plan is just as Pastor Andrew said this morning, is not of condemnation or damnation. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, look at somebody next to you and say, you are whosoever. You are that person. That means anybody can be saved. That means there's nobody too far gone, too far lost, too far bound, too, too, too stuck in sin to be saved this morning. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. And he didn't just say, I came to die. He says, I came that you would not be condemned. I didn't come to condemn the world, but through me, the world would be saved. 
And God knows. You say, you don't know my addiction. You don't know my struggle. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't, but God does. And God is good at setting people free from addictions and from bondage and from hatred and from unforgiveness and from whatever you have in your life this morning that's keeping you from walking in the blessings of God. What was he preaching about? He wasn't preaching about heaven. He wasn't saying, oh, the streets of gold and, oh, it's going to be so beautiful there. He wasn't preaching about the fact that I could have a new car or a new house. I was watching some stuff yesterday on, on, on YouTube that, I, I, you know, sometimes I get, on, get in my office and study and I watch what's going on in the world and I watch what's going on in the church world and there's, some, there's a new show on TV called L.A. Preachers. And I couldn't believe it. I, I just can't believe it. I, I just I, I can't. I, now I know why the world don't want to go to church. We're trying to do right. We're trying to preach the gospel. We're trying to love people and just be real. And you got people getting up and saying it's God's will for me to drive a Rolls Royce. It's God's will for me to have a Ferrari. Now I'm not going to tell. Any, I'm not going to tell you. You know, not to accept one if someone wants to give one to you. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff being preached today that's not God, and God put, they're putting God's name on it. What do you do with the person who's bound by drugs that hears the pastor say, hey man, if you're not driving a Mercedes, something's wrong with you. Now, if you're driving a Mercedes, praise God. To God be all the glory. There's nothing wrong with driving a Mercedes. But I want you, I want you to know something this morning. Jesus loves hurting people. And that night he wasn't preaching on a message, hey, give me $100 and you can have a miracle. There was no prosperity pimping going on inside that church that night. He wasn't talking about you can have a better life. You can be a champion in everything you do. There was no motivational speaking going on that night. You know what he was talking about? Hell. I didn't just cuss, just so you know. That's a cuss word today, but it's in the Bible. And I'm not preaching on hell, just so you know. I'm just sharing with you what happened to me 21 years ago. And I thank God that that preacher had the boldness to get up and preach the truth. And he wasn't really worried about what I was thinking back in the back. And he wasn't really worried about what anybody in the front row was thinking. He was worried about what God was thinking. And that he was going to say what God's word said. And I'm telling you, church, listen, I know without a shadow of a doubt that that day was my day. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I would not have heard the message that I heard that day, I would not be standing here today. This church would not exist today. Many of you would not be saved today because I would have been hearing a message that I needed to hear or wanted to hear and not a message I needed to hear that day. And that day he began to speak on hell. And God had been dealing with me. I had been getting home. My, my parents don't know the things that I did. Thank God. And it's embarrassing for me to, for them not to, to for them to not have known. I pray in the name of Jesus that my daughters are not doing anything that I was doing. Amen. I thank God that there's a different relationship. I thank God that they're serving the Lord. I'm proud of my daughters. But I'm telling you, I didn't have a relationship with God. And I would go to parties and I'd get home in the middle of the night and I would cry in my bed. Knowing that I was wrong. Knowing that what I was doing was not what God wanted. God was dealing with me. 
God was dealing with me. But you know what? I'd wake up the next day and I'd go do it again because I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I needed somebody to hit me between the eyes with a, with a two-by-four tell me where I was headed. And that night, the, press, the message was being preached. And I want you to understand this morning that none of the things I'm saying right now were planned. This is nothing to what I was going to preach this morning. Nothing. But this is for somebody. And I was sitting there in the back, and this man who today I'm friends with, he's an evangelist today still preaching the gospel. We, I go eat lunch with him every once in a while. Evangelist Chris Clock, he came to our church and preached. I thank God for that man. He's one of my heroes. He's somebody I honor and look up to because he had the audacity to tell me what I needed to hear. There's some people in here this morning that don't want anybody to tell them anything. But there's some people in here at the same time who are saying, God, would you please speak to me through somebody? Would you please tell me the truth? I want to go to heaven. If I were to ask you to raise your hands this morning, nobody in their right mind this morning would say, I want to go to hell. Nobody in their right mind would want to spend eternity separated from God. Everybody in here in your right mind would want to go to heaven. That's common sense. But I got news for you. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. Go ahead and say amen to that too. But not because God doesn't want us to go to heaven. Because we choose to disobey. We choose to rebel. We choose to say no to God's will. That night... That man was preaching, and he was preaching on hell, and it was strong. And I was back there squirming in my seat, and God was speaking to me. And he was probably three-quarters through. It was probably almost 9 o'clock. I told you I tried to get there at the end. It was a revival, so it was going on. I didn't get there late enough. Amen. I got there right in the mix of the message, and he's preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching, and God is speaking to me at that very moment, at that very second he begins to tell me as clear as can be. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard in my spirit that morning. I heard God say, that place he's talking about. You listening to that place, Blake? You listening to what he's saying? You listening to that place that he's describing to you right now? I didn't make it for you. I didn't, I didn't make that for you. But if you don't change your life, listen. He didn't say, if you don't just get it together. He didn't say, if you'll just begin to take A, B, C steps and change your life a little bit. He didn't say, if you'll just correct a few things. He told me, if you don't change tonight, now, he said, that is where you're going. How'd you like to hear that from God? There was no sugarcoating. He wasn't loving and hugging on me. It was conviction. And I knew that night. And listen, you are, oh, my, I'm in the wrong place this morning. My God, I've heard about these fire and brimstone places. I just want you to know that God does not want you to go there. And that he paid a price. And 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, listen, you were bought with a price. Now, I don't have enough time or words to tell you what that price is. 
I can't explain it. I, I try. You do a message and you could do a message on the cross and you can go from when Jesus is being tempted to then going to the garden and sweating blood and all the thing that you see in the passion of the Christ and you can't put words on the price. Has anybody ever given you a gift? I mean, if you were to stop and think right now, Man, what's the best gift someone's ever given me? There's something that comes to your mind and you just think, man, you could never have thanked the person enough for that gift that they gave you. How in the world could I ever express the price Jesus paid for me? How? I can't, even, I can't even express it to you. I can't, I can't tell you that if somebody walked in right now to this building, walked through those doors with a gun and began to go and place it at people's heads and say, your life or theirs, I can't tell you even enough to say, okay, if somebody walked in here with a gun and said, I'm going to kill somebody this morning or I'm going to kill your pastor, and if I said, I'll die for them, I, that would not even express enough to what that would mean that God died for me. How, what would you think? What would go through your mind? What would be your emotions if I took a bullet for you? Are you following me? Somebody walked in here right now and said, you are the pastor, and he put a gun to somebody's head, whether I know you or not. Let's not even talk about my daughters or my wife, but it, or someone who's been in church. I don't even know you, and you're here. Someone put a gun to your head. He said, I'm going to shoot this person or I'm going to kill you. And I said, I'll take the bullet for him. And I knew that he would walk out and not kill anybody else. That doesn't even begin to express what Jesus did for me and for you. A lot of times we read the scriptures and maybe you're here and you've never read the Bible, never heard the Bible. But my faith and my trust this morning is that I'm, as I'm speaking, the presence of the living God is touching your heart. In a way that my words cannot do. Paul said, I'm not trying to be eloquent in my words. I just need a demonstration of power. I don't know how many times we have to hear a miracle of somebody who's on their deathbed and has three months to live and then goes back to the doctor and there's no cancer. How do you explain that if you're here and you have any inches or centimeters or measurement of atheism or unbelief or doubt in your mind how do you explain that last time i checked people don't get better they get worse it doesn't happen but god jesus can step into your life you might say well i'm good in my body you know what there's a physical death and there's a spiritual death some of us in here this morning right now are dying And you've been given three months to live. Spiritually. I'm just saying a date and a time. Could be three minutes. Could be three years. Could be three days. But if you don't change your life. And give it to God. And let him come in and change you. You've got very little time to live. And we're not talking about a lights out. We're talking about eternity. But he said, I've been bought with the price. Listen, and then he says this, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, if you're in 2 Corinthians 5, I want to read one more verse this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Everybody still okay? All right. I just wish sometimes I could just throw up a video and let the video speak for me. I just wish sometimes I could get, get in your head. I wish I could walk into your head right now. Try to get you to understand how amazing God is and how much he loves you. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Some of you know it just by hearing the verse. Therefore, if a good person is in Christ, what does it say? If anyone. It's amazing how God chooses these words for whosoever. Anyone. All. God's gospel is for everyone. God's healing is for everyone. God's deliverance is for everyone. God's salvation is for everyone. Nobody can walk into this church and leave the same way they came if they'll give their life to the Lord. God is looking to change people's lives. We are called this morning to be a hospital for hurting people. We are called to be a place where people can come in and have their lives changed. You're sitting around somebody this morning who is a different person than they used to be. You're listening to somebody talk through this microphone this morning that is not the same person I used to be. You would not have wanted to be around me when I was not saved. I was cocky, arrogant, mean, dumb, stupid, all, all the words you can say. I was not a fun person to be around, amen, except when I was having fun, amen. I'm not the same person I was. I didn't change because I went to some kind of therapy. I didn't change because I, I said, well, let me just change the way I talk. I changed because I had an encounter with the living God that formed me in my mother's womb with a plan to save me and a plan to change me and a plan to give me new direction. And he said, I not only want to save you, I want to save lots of people through you. And I want you to know this morning that, listen, if you're here and you're going, man, you don't know my struggle. You don't know how hard this is. You don't know how bad the devil's fighting me. I've got news for you. The more he fights you, the more bigger and greater and more awesome the plan of God is for your life. And that's why the devil won't let you go. Because he knows behind your life are many souls. And I choose this morning to say, no, devil, you're not going to steal the lives of the people around me any longer. I have been bought with a price. I am not my own. I am God's. Use me, Lord. If anyone is in Christ, watch this. He is a new creation. New. You know what the gospel is? You know what good news is? That you could be here right now and you could be as Paul said before he was Paul and he was Saul. He said, I'm the chief of all sinners. Some of you in here might say, man, ain't nobody sin like me. Hey, if that's you, that's you. But I want to tell you something, that there's nobody in here that cannot be saved. You might say, you have no idea what I'm living. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what I'm going to do next week. You don't know. I don't need to know. All I know is that when Jesus died on that cross, he died for that sin. And all you have to do is accept that and say, Lord, I want to be a new creation.
that night, I didn't even let the guy get done preaching. I got up out of my seat from the back of the church and I took my sunglasses off. My dad and mom would remember better than me. I don't know if I sprinted, jogged. I don't know how I got there. But I was at the altar before he finished preaching. And I began to cry out to God and ask the Lord to forgive me for all the things I'd done, all the people I'd misled. See, God gave me a gift. When I was in high school, I was very popular. I don't say that to brag. I was one of those people that gets voted and, you know, for homecoming king. And when we come out of, uh, out of, a, of an event, where's the party, Blake? And wherever I said, we'd go. I don't say that to brag. I say that because God gave me a gift to lead. And I led lots of people to hell. I led a lot of people to hell. When I got saved, I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not listening to your call. Because ever since I was a kid, a little boy, my mama would tell me, God's got a plan for your life. God wants to use you. There's been prophecies over your life. I had a man of God speak over me when I was in, in her stomach that God would use me to do amazing things. Some of you are here this morning like me, and you don't need to hear it from your mom, and you don't need to hear it from me. You need to hear it from God. And you're not going to be happy until you say yes to God. You're going to keep on trying to fill your life with alcohol and drugs and relationships and things until the day you say, God, I'm not going to run from you anymore. You say, well, I don't think I have a call. I got news for you. Everybody has a call. And God is knocking on your heart this morning. And he's saying, listen, you don't have a whole lot of time left to live. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm telling you that because it's a fact. If you haven't watched the news lately, looked around, see the world we live in, church, wake up. We're only a, we're only a button pushed from nukes happening we're only one, one word away from World War III. I mean, there's so much craziness going on in this world. You have to be a fool, like the Bible says, to not turn your heart to God today. But I don't just want to turn my heart to God. I don't just want to be a new creation. I want to do something for God. I want to make a difference in this world. I want other people to know Jesus because of what he did for me. I don't want to hold on. I've been bought with a price. I owe God my life. And I make a declaration this morning to you this morning. I'm dead to this world. And I'm dead to what I want. And I no longer live. But Christ lives within me. And as the musicians come and you stay focused on the word, I want to finish this verse. He says, old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Say all things. Not some things. Not a few things. Not most things. All things. If you've asked the Lord to forgive you this morning, it's forgiven. 
I could go a thousand directions with this message. I could go into forgiveness. I could go into repentance. I could go into all kinds of things because some of you have asked the Lord to forgive you. And you've said, I'm sorry for that. And you keep on bringing it up yourself or the devil brings it up and you remember it and you keep crucifying yourself over that when Jesus has already forgiven it. You need to let go and believe God's word. Old things have been passed away and behold, all things have become new. Maybe you were here this morning and you say, I'm going to go to church. I wasn't expecting God to ruffle my feathers. But you know what? I don't know if I'll ever get to preach again. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I'm not promised tonight. Neither are you. And you're not here by accident. I can tell you that right now. You're not here. You might think, well, I came because someone invited me or, or, you know, like I said the other day, stars aligned correctly and it just happened because sometimes when certain people walk into church, we think that. Amen. The stars aligned. Or you're worried if the columns are going to fall, you know, because you're here. That would have been me. I was in church. Man, the columns could have fell. But I thank God for his grace and his mercy and his love. And all I want to tell you this morning in the words that I have is how much God loves you how much of a plan he has for you and that he can change you right now no matter what you're going through. No matter what. God's grace is sufficient for you today. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning to meet Jesus. I told you before you left you'd have an opportunity to meet him like I met him. I never regret anything I've ever given up for God never and how could I if I really understand the scriptures of how much God paid for me how much he gave for me I've been bought with a price I I declare to you this morning everyone that's here as you're looking at me I'm a slave to God I'm a slave to Jesus I owe him everything I owe him my life I want to give you the opportunity if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. All over this place, and I'd ask you just to stay focused for a few more seconds and not begin to think about what you need to eat or what's going on tomorrow. If you just give the Holy Spirit a few more seconds of your life. The Bible tells us that souls are hanging in the balance this morning. If there's one thing God wants from you, it's what He wants you to be real. You can fool the person on your right and on your left, but you cannot fool God. He knows you. And if you'll just be honest with Him, He'll forgive you. 1 John says something so awesome, chapter 4, He says, If I confess my sins, God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. You don't have to confess your sin to me this morning. I can't forgive you anyways. If you'll confess your sin to Jesus this morning, the Bible says you'll be saved. You're here and you're saying, oh, you don't understand the spider web of problems I live in. I got news for you. God can begin to fix that spider web. God can begin to put things in order. It starts with a decision. How many this morning from front to back and side to side 
are being touched by the Holy Spirit this morning and he's knocking. Revelations 3 says he's knocking at the heart, the door of your heart. And he's saying, please let me come in.